What's up, Hyperfast Nation? If you are a real estate agent, investor, or business owner that is using marketing and follow-up to generate and close leads, then you want to direct the resources to what is working. On this episode of the show, I sat down with Chris Mercer. He is the co-founder of MeasurementMarketing.io. He's a marketing genius, started off in WordPress, then moved on to Google Analytics, and now helps people measure what is working and what is not so that they know where to direct their resources. Welcome to the show, Chris Mercer. Awesome. Well, I know you got a lot of cool stuff to talk about to our listeners and viewers on YouTube today about measuring your marketing and, and what's working, what's not, how to really get analytical and, and really like dial in and create a machine, right? Where uh, you can kind of change the inputs and know what kind of outputs to expect. But before we dive into that, why don't you give folks a little bit uh, of your bio and background? Yeah, sure. So, you know, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, my name is Chris Mercer. Um, but the we started actually teaching people how to do WordPress sites. You know, many real estate agents are probably using WordPress, right? So we created a WordPress site to teach people how to do WordPress. That led us into building WordPress sites. And we wanted to then optimize the WordPress sites that we were building. So in order to optimize stuff, you got to measure stuff. And that's where we started setting up Google Analytics. So we would deliver a website to a client and then walk them through like, and here's how you can tell where your leads are coming from. Or here's how you can tell where those phone calls are coming from. Here's where you can tell where those booked appointments are coming from. And then all of a sudden, when we started doing that, we added that component. It's like the market changed overnight. And all the referrals, they weren't like, oh, hey, you created a WordPress site for my friend and I would like a WordPress site. They were, we already have a WordPress site. We just don't have any idea what's working or what's not. Could you maybe set up our analytics for us? And that's where we pivoted into just doing measurement and realized like that's where the opportunity was. Um, and that's where the company that we now have, which is measurementmarketing.io, uh, eventually was born. So you guys measure websites, funnels, like CRM, like everything, anything? Everything, or... Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question because there's so yeah. many different components in, in the tech, right? Uh, so the way that we, we think about it is in the digital world, we're measuring for the conversation. And here's what I mean by that. So like if you and I were talking, and, and, and obviously this happens in, in real estate now that we're out of the world of COVID uh, more and more, where we can actually meet face-to-face. -face. We, can, we can go and you can tour. And as I'm walking through the home, you're going to point out certain features and you're going to encourage me to think certain things. And you're going to walk me through and you're going to qualify me or pre-qualify me. And I'm going through the stage of a conversation. As I'm, as I'm responding to you, you're adjusting your messaging that you're going to respond back to me to keep the conversation going and ideally the way you want it to go, which is for me to eventually close, right? So that's, that's the typical conversation that we are all used to in the offline world. And we do this very naturally, especially in any sort of sales role. But digitally, what happened was people started to broadcast out messaging without waiting for a listen back. So it's the equivalent of like, if I walk into the home and you just start pitching me right away, hey, it's going to be this, it's going to be 250000 here's what your payment's going to be, can you sign on the dotted line? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I don't even know if I'm ready to buy a home, if I'm in the market now or in a year from now, am I just looking for decoration ideas, right? Or am I looking because I'm wanting to buy something next week? And if you don't know any of that, 
you cannot effectively sell me the home. But digital marketers, what they've basically done, what we all did in the beginning, especially, is we created these sites, which were kind of glorified brochure sites in a lot of cases. They promote ourselves or what we do or what's different about us, but it's always kind of like shouting at the audience. And it never asked the audience, like, are you with me? Does that still make sense? Is this what you want, right? And so that's what measurement is all about. Measurement, when you get good at measuring that digital conversation, you can understand, oh, they're really, they're not in the market tomorrow. They're gonna to be in the market in a year from now. Well, I can have a different conversation. Now I can go tell my CRM, put them in a nurture sequence to keep them up to date on the market prices and the going rates and when might be a good time to buy or invest in a property. There's a big difference between somebody who wants to live in the house and somebody that wants it as an investment property. If I know which one I'm talking to based upon the content that they're looking at on my website, I can have different conversations with them, right? And that's the idea is, is making sure that when we build our websites, there's a specific purpose. Those websites are designed to have a specific conversation and is the conversation that we think we're having with the user the conversation we're actually having. That's what measurement tells us. It's our way of listening. And then marketing is where we change it. We adjust the conversation. We change the headlines. We put a different copy. Maybe we open up different sections. Like maybe we didn't have an investor section because we, we just didn't consider that. And now we're like, oh wait, that's a, people are not coming in to, for this. They want investor, or maybe they want, you know, residential versus commercial or whatever the thing is. We can actually measure for it and then adjust based on what the market is telling us that they want. And it makes it a whole lot easier to sell things and to move them through that customer journey or that sales funnel. What um, what changes have you seen over the last you know year, ten years? Because you know, starting off in WordPress, I feel like everyone was on a WordPress site. Now it's moving to funnels and social media, and like yeah. And 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 how have you guys? kind of pivoted with those changes to, to provide the metrics and measurements? Yeah, it's a good question. Because with every additional piece of tech, what they call the tech stack, right, is the fancy term for it. So it's like, well, I've got maybe a main WordPress site. I have click funnels that feeds into that. And then I've got social media that's feeding into my WordPress site and my click funnels. And I'm trying to boost it on Google ads remarketing campaign or something like that. And you've got all these different things coming in from a million different directions. The idea is that as you, as you, if you add each individual piece, it does get a little more complicated to measure it, right? Because you're adding different components to the system, but it is, the idea is that you can still measure everything, especially with a tool like Google Analytics. You have to use a platform that's kind of agnostic. Like ClickFunnels is a great platform, but it measures what ClickFunnels has. It won't measure your WordPress site because it has no idea what's going on there, right? right. So what you do is you, you have a platform that sort of lays over top of it, which is what Google Analytics does. And it's agnostic. It doesn't care if you're using WordPress or a Shopify store or ClickFunnels, just make sure the code's on the pages. Analytics collects everything. And then you can, you can start to answer questions like, uh, let's say you have an email sequence, nurtures, a nurture sequence, right? And you, you get a lead and you're putting them in this nurture sequence. And you want to know, does the nurture sequence eventually cause them to set an appointment with me? Right? Meaning they come to the site and they fill out like your Calendly form, whatever the thing is you're using to, to get an appointment booked. Google Analytics can tell you that. It can tell you down to the specific email that, that you, of which caused them to actually do this. Right, So you know the messaging and everything else. It requires just a little bit of setup, but that's what's amazing about Google Analytics is that it can tell you that story. It can say, you can basically go to Google Analytics and say, listen, email number four in my nurture sequence was the closer. That was the one that was supposed to get them to book an email. Can you tell me out of every hundred people that came from that email to the page to book, how many of them booked? And was it at least 25% of them that booked? And Google Analytics can tell you that. 
right? And again, requires a little bit of setup, just a little bit of learning, not that hard to learn. It's, all, it's ready to do that. It wants to do that. It just needs a little bit of help along the way. But that's, that's how you solve that problem of all these multiple tech stacks. They have to have at least one thing in common, which in this case is a platform like Google Analytics. And that way it sees all things, right? What, um, yeah, so, so can Google Analytics, this is kind of- yeah, to me, I didn't, I didn't know it could sit over like, things Everything. outside of, of Google, like you're talking right. about it, reading emails and I mean, yep. can it, can it get into the social media feeds as well? So, so this is a great question. So it's not like you're putting Google analytics in, let's say you use like an Infusionsoft or active campaign or right. whatever. You're not putting Google analytics in that platform. So it doesn't know your open rates and click through rates, right? That sort of stuff you can get from the platforms like the Aweber or active campaign or whatever it is. But when they click on the link and they're coming back to your site, that's where analytics comes in. And analytics will know if you set it up properly, it will know that it came from that specific email with the subject line of, hey, book now, right? Or whatever the subject line was. You can, you, it's amazing what you can do. Gotcha. In that so those, same way. Those links are tied back to, to Google. 100%. And then in that way, it's the same thing with social media. So you're not putting Google Analytics on Facebook because Facebook doesn't like Google. Uh, but, you know, it's, but the links, when they click on a certain link, let's say you have a group, like an investor group on Facebook, and you share a link on the investor group. Hey, we're doing a new webinar about the latest investments in this zip code or whatever. And they, they click on the link and they come over to your webinar to register. That's where Google Analytics kicks in and says, okay, well, I know they came from Facebook. I know they came from the group that was being managed. And I know that it wasn't a boosted post. And the reason it would know that is because you told it all those details. Again, that's where the setup comes in. And, and for anybody wondering like, how do you do this? It's something called UTMs. If you just Google UTM and Google Analytics, you'll see a million videos of how to use them and everything else. But all they are is they identify where the traffic is coming from to the site. And then it's just a matter of what happened from that traffic. Like, what was it designed to do? Like what we say the who, what, and why? Like who sent me traffic? What type of traffic was it? And why was it coming there in the first place, right? So for example, if there was traffic coming to register for a webinar, that's what Google Analytics can tell you. Here's the traffic that was designed that came here to register for a webinar. And then you can tell the Google Analytics, okay, did they, right? And Analytics will say, well, 35% of them did. And how many of those actually showed? Oh, about 35% of those showed. How many of those actually booked an appointment? Oh, about 15% has booked an appointment. And now you can start to understand, oh, that Facebook group, right? That as a traffic source, as a way of generating traffic, caused this result to happen at the end. And here's how it caused that. And that's what we talked about when you say about lighting up and, and sort of measuring for the machinery of marketing. That's where the brilliance of it comes in. Because not only do you know what the results of a particular traffic source are, but you know how it's getting those results. So you know if it's getting it in the way that it was supposed to get it. Like is, is everything working the way it's supposed to work? Hey, hold that thought. Do you want to get 100 tips for free from my best selling real estate book, The Hyper Local, Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent. If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. Right, which, um and then and back to the machinery thing, like if you see that Facebook group working better than something else, you, you might, you're probably put more time and effort tells into you, that. Tells you where to if, scale. If, yeah, it tells you, you where, where, to, where to put your yeah. resources. Exactly right. Or does a, does a paid post work better than an organic post, right? I, Google Analytics with a little bit of help with those UTMs, it can identify that, 
You know, like we, we as an example for us, so at measurementmarketing.io, we have a flagship product, which is called the Measurement Marketing Academy. It's our DIY program to learn this stuff. So when we have a Facebook ad that you click on, when that comes over into Google Analytics, when you land on that Academy page, Google Analytics knows which Facebook uh, placement it had. It knows who it, was, who it was targeting. So was it the retargeted group that was this type of person or whatever? And it knows what it's trying to do. Like we have an ad that is there to make them aware of the Academy as a product. Then there's another ad, right? Once you're aware of the Academy, then there's another ad that'll kick in to make you kind of look to maybe engage with that product a little more. Then there's another ad that'll get you to actually close on that particular product, right? And so, the, and we can tell, are the ads that are designed to close, are they getting sales? Because they should be, right? And I know it's working, but are the ads that are designed to make people aware of the Academy, are they getting sales? Not supposed to, so they don't have to, and I'm not gonna judge them against that. But I can tell like, is the money I'm spending, am I getting the specific result that I'm looking for, for that dollar, right? That I'm, that I'm putting in. And that's, there's no drama, there's no guessing. You can just see it because the beauty of, again, of Google Analytics is that it can see all the traffic sources, not just Facebook. So Facebook ads manager just sees Facebook. Google ads just sees Google ads. But Google Analytics sees everybody, including emails, including a podcast like this. You know, I, I can tell if this podcast is creating leads for us and what happens with those leads because of the way that I'm measuring the results of guest podcasts. It's part of the reason we do podcasts because it's a really good channel for us. What, what kind of um, changes have you seen over the last like 18 months or so? A lot. <laughs> uh, between, yeah, between like what works to build awareness, what works to close yeah. leads for, for real estate agents. Yeah, so I th the, there's a big push. The biggest push is diving more into the customer journey and not focusing on end result as much, but focusing on the journey steps, the sales journey, right? So if you think about a sales funnel, if, if you're like a shoe store, I was going to buy shoes. Yes, I get that the credit card, right? Or the, or the closing, whatever it is, like that main thing you're trying to get, that is the most important sale, right? Because without the credit card, it doesn't matter. But there's a lot of other sales that happen along the way. First, I have to be aware of the fact there is a shoe store. Then I have to walk through the door. Then I've got to browse. Then I've got to make sure that they have my shoes. Then I got to, you know, all these other things along the way. So in the process of measurement, you can measure for not only the, the end result, but the how steps as well. And that's what's been the biggest shift is there's a better understanding now because people are getting used to these tools, right? There's a lot of people starting to use them and really dig into them and say, okay, well, now I can light up instead of like wandering around in a dark cave, trying to figure out what's working and what's not. You're in this valley of visibility where you can look around your marketing and say, okay, Facebook is designed is the best platform for me to get awareness, but it's crap when it comes to new leads. It's not good for leads, but it's great for awareness. When they're aware, I retarget them with Google ads, which is amazing at getting them to become a lead. And then email kicks in and gets that lead to actually schedule the appointment after they've jumped on a call with me or something like that. And it's like, and you start to see this process of how all the traffic sources work together to move the customer from, I have no idea who you are type of prospect to we're doing business together, uh, customer. How do you guys monitor this or, or help your clients monitor? Like, do you have custom dashboards and things like that where, the, yeah. where they can kind of see all the different steps or how, how does we that work? Do. Yeah, in the Academy we've got, so there's really three platforms and this is, there's what we call good enough to get going, right? So it's important because the, and this is the part where in our, whenever we do trainings, I always talk about the one thing because it's very easy to get overwhelmed with platforms like Google Analytics because there's so much stuff there just is. And most of it you don't need, right? You just need to know a very small part of it, but you got to know it really well. And so that's what we dive into. We, we just focus on the small parts that are necessary to get the most movement, to get the most muscle out of it. 
So, um, but there are three platforms really. There's Google Analytics, which kind of stores everything. There's something called Tag Manager you can set up that, that collects really cool details. Like if you ever wanted to know, uh, for example, maybe your form's at the bottom of the page and you wanted to know, do they even see that form? Like, are they scrolling? Maybe, maybe they're not signing up because they're not even seeing the form. Well, you can measure for that. You can say, hey, did they even see the form? And you can get really specific. You can say, did they see this form for at least five seconds in their browser, right? Like you can get really specific. That's what Tag Manager does. And then going back to your, your question about dashboards, there's a platform called Google Data Studio uh, that we teach. And all of these are free, by the way. So everybody has access to them, totally free if you got a Google account. But Data Studio builds dashboards. And that's what we use as a company. That's what we teach our members. Uh, anybody in the Metro Marketing Academy wants to learn how to do it to, to build these out. But instead of like a row of numbers and data tables and stuff that kind of makes you want to shoot yourself in the head sometimes, it's just a picture. It's a flow chart where it's like, here's how many people were in step one. Here's how many people made it to step two. Here's how many people made it to step three. And you can see exactly, is this thing working like it's supposed to? Break it down by traffic source, break it down by device type, whatever else you wanted to know. Um, but but the important part is, is not necessarily the tools. Those are important to be aware of. It's kind of like what you mentioned earlier, like, wow, do you know you could do that? It's like, you have to be aware that the tool can do the thing, but then it's a matter of figuring out how to do it and how to use the tool. So we have a, what we call the measure marketing framework. Um, so, so that's really three steps. And, and anybody, even if, you, even if you don't use Google Analytics, you can still follow this framework and get some, some uh, use out of it. So plan, build, and then you act, right? So planning is the thing that everybody skips. That would be the first thing I would make sure everybody right. practices, right? So there's three parts of planning, question, information and action. So questions, what questions should we be asking? And all you do is you think about what are the results I'm trying to get, right? Maybe booked appointments or whatever the thing is. And then how will I get those results? Well, they have to see the page first. They got to click on the link to book an appointment. They have to complete that process. And maybe those are the steps. So you're like, okay, well, I got to measure now. What information will I need to, to get all those answers of, as far as how things are working? Well, I got to measure for those different pages being loaded up. Okay, great. So you have questions that you asked, you have the information that you need to answer those questions. And then you think about what actions will you take based upon those answers. So you start thinking like, well, what if, again, maybe you have a webinar where it's coming up investment properties in Southern Florida, whatever it is. And you say, okay, well, I, I am expecting 25% of the people to register for this webinar, at least 25%. And if it's less than 25%, I'm going to go back and look at the audience targeting because it, they really should be opting in at least that rate. If it's more than, let's say, 45%. Or just, I mean, it, it could be the landing page as 100%. well, right? So. Well, yeah. So, so uh, yes. But it could be. So, what's happening is there's, it could be an expert. <clears throat> right. But the, the idea is you think about the action. Not right. every possible action, because that's where overwhelm kicks in. Because then it's like, there's so much stuff, I have no idea where to start. So, you think like, okay, well, maybe it's, it's the ad targeting. But you're right. It could be an above-the-fold expectation mismatch, Right. And this is where you get this good, it's important to get good enough to get going and get visibility into where you currently are. And then you level it up. And I'll give you an example of that in a second. Um, so the, the idea is like, okay, well, if the webinar is performing, the registration is performing poorly, maybe it's the, the targeting is off or something like that. So we're going to look at that. If it's performing too well, because there is such a thing as too good of a conversion rate, it's maybe because the audience is too tightly narrowed. It's the exact right people and I need to expand it out and I can scale it out a little more. Maybe I've got some room there, right? Just as an example. So you get, your, you get your plans in place and, and don't worry about the perfect plan, especially in the beginning, because that's what people do. They worry about the perfect plan and then they spend a bunch of time planning. They get caught up in planning. Then they finally realize they're not getting anything done and like planning stupid. It's a waste of time and I'm going to stop. And they, and they jump into numbers again and they just start splashing around and they don't make any progress anyway. So plan good enough to get going. 
And those other questions like, well, maybe it's this or maybe it's that, maybe it's that, maybe it could be, but first things first, right? Get answers to your first level of questions. Then you move into the build. And in the build is where you would use a tool. I would recommend Google Analytics, but you, rec you use a tool that tells you where the traffic's coming from, what the results of that traffic is, and then it structures it together to connect the dots between the two. And then you act. The act is the part where you're reading the reports, which are typically dashboards, right? Where you'd say, oh, here's what, here's what the Facebook did with this uh, particular, maybe this audience coming in for this webinar. Here's what this other audience did for this webinar. Here's what this other audience did for this webinar. And you can compare what the different audiences was, right? Then you start to forecast. And this is the other thing that people skip. They don't say, here's what should happen next week with $1,000 I'm about to spend. Instead, they say, what happened to $1,000 I spent last week? <laughs> which is which is good. I mean, it's a place to start. But what's right. more important is you should be marketing forward, not looking in the rearview mirror when you drive. You look through the windshield, right? So same thing with marketing. So you start to say, okay, here's what should happen with my thousand dollars. I'm going to get a hundred thousand impressions. I'm going to get ten percent or a percent of those. One percent are going to click through. Of those, twenty five to thirty five percent opt in for the webinar. Of those, a third show. Of those, ten percent book or whatever the thing is, right? And now you measure against your forecasts. That's what tells you your optimization. Right. And that's the final step is, is to optimize. And that's what tells you, but you're going to know what's working and what's not because you're going to see in the number where the issue is. So now let's go back to where you're saying, well, hey, well, maybe it was the ad or maybe it was the landing page. We can tell because if it was the ad coming in and the click through rates weren't all that great, maybe it's the ad, right? Because they weren't even coming over the page. But if it is, they're coming over to the page and they're not registering, well, then you can come back and you can say, well, it's not the ad. Like they're getting click throughs. And I'm getting good click through rates, like at the one and a half percent or two percent. It's even more than I thought it was going to be, but they're just not registering. What's going on? So I would look at the ad messaging, and this is something we call the expectation engine. I would look at the ad itself and say, what is the expectation that that person has right before they click on that ad? Because that's how it all works. Right? We always have something in our head that's about to happen before we take the action. We always think, here's, here's what's going to happen. Okay, I'm going to take the action now. So they before they click on the link, and then when that page loads, did that page match the expectation of that ad? And to the extent that you match those directly, you pretty, have a pretty good conversion rate. To the extent that the user, there's a mismatch and the user has to think about it a little bit, then it's not, right? Um, so if, if you come over to the page, you can, you can level up measurement. I'm gonna give you an example of this, purely for example, not for anybody to go do this yet, but just to show you what's possible. So for the Academy page, I mentioned earlier, the Measure Marketing Academy. We have our three-step sales funnel. It's the offer page, it's the cart, and then it's the thank you page, right? So we measure for those. And we have a certain percentage. We know in, in our case, and for years, this has been the pattern, eight to 12% of the people that go to the offer page will go to the cart page. We know that's how it's supposed to work. So if we come in and all of a sudden it goes down to 4% or 5% or it's, it's off, where that number's off, we know there's an issue between the offer, what's happening on the offer page. In other words, the conversation that we thought we were supposed to be having with the user, they're not having with us. So we know there's a break. So we go to the page and, and our example at the time was like, well, do we change the headline? Do you change the copy in the middle? Do you flip out that video that you had? Do you change the offer? And then this is the part where most marketers just guess and they try random acts of marketing. And they're like, I don't know, try this, try that. What do you think? And they ask their friend, right? Or ask somebody else. And then everybody just starts guessing and changing stuff and you hope it's gonna work. But in reality, what you should be doing is listening for the conversation. Ask your market, they will tell you. So what we did is we set up a whole other level of what like a drill down measurement. So on that page itself, we measure when the page loads, we measure if they are still there 10 seconds later, think about it like a sales funnel. If 10 seconds later, they're still there, 
did they show interest in the message? So that we measure that by, did they scroll down halfway and were they there at least 45 seconds? Then we measure, did they investigate the offer, which is when the pricing table comes up? Did they watch that? Did they see that part for at least five seconds? Cause it's gonna take a little bit of time for them to go through it and think about what option they want. So did they investigate the offer? And then did they initiate the click to go to the cart? So now you've got this other funnel, very literal funnel of how that page is supposed to work. So we can go to the Academy page and say, listen, the Academy is not sending enough people to the cart. Why? What's what, what think about like the Academy page as a separate salesperson. And I can go to that salesperson and be like, why aren't you sending people to the back office? What's going on? And that, and I, and that I can measure for it. And then the salesperson would say, listen, they're not, they're not even sticking around more than 10 seconds. That's where I know there is a definite expectation mismatch between the traffic coming in and then bouncing within 10 seconds. Cause that's a problem. But if, you, if, if they say, Hey, they're looking at the offer. They're just not clicking. That's how I know change the offer. Right. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Are you a real estate agent in the DMV area or thinking about becoming a real estate agent in the DMV area? Why not join the highest selling team in the DMV? The Carrie Scholl team is hiring more agents. We have the best training systems, the best culture, and the best environment to get you to the next level, whether that's starting out and getting to six figures or getting from six figures to 250 or to half a million or even beyond. Go to CarrieSchollCareers.com. Again, that's CarrieSchollCareers.com. What do you think most real estate agents need help with the most uh, throughout this entire Time, process? Traffic and results. Traffic okay. and results. So they're not, say, they're not doing enough ads to get people there to even measure what needs to be. No, 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 no. Let me, let me back up. That's a great, good clarification. It's they're right. not measuring at all. Okay. Exactly. They're not using UTMs, uh, number one. So again, anybody can Google UTM, Google Analytics, you see a million videos that talk about them. Um, but they're not using UTMs to identify the traffic coming in. And if they are, they're not searching for the levels of results, something we call the ACE goal model. But you have to measure for when somebody is aware of the customer journey, right? Sales funnel, whatever it is. They have to be aware of the sales funnel first. They have to then complete the sales funnel. And you measure for those two different stages. And then they have to engage with that funnel, right? So you measure for all three of those stages. That's what the ACE model is, awareness, completion, and then engagement. And so you, you measure for each of these because then what you'll do is you'll tie your traffic to those specific stages. That's how you learn, oh, Facebook's really good. Or maybe it's Google Organic is really good at bringing people in for awareness, but it doesn't do a good job of closing the deal. Google Ads Remarketing does a really good job of getting them the book, you know? And then you'll start to be able to see very clearly, Google Analytics will tell you a story. It can be as easy as reading a kid's book, um, but you have to do a little bit of setup. And it starts with using the bare basics. It really does. I think the number one issue that, that most people who are not quote unquote numbers people, they think that Google Analytics is overwhelming and it is, it just is. It's overwhelming, it can be frustrating. There's a million things back there that just don't matter. But there is one report called the source meeting report that in one place, it tells you what the traffic sources are, how much of those traffic sources are you getting, right? How many people are coming from those traffic sources? How engaged are they? And then what are the results that you're getting? And you can literally stay in one report and see the story. And you can say, well, how many people are becoming aware of me as an agent? How many people even know that I'm now existing? It came to our site and you can see that or specific parts of that site. How many people actually are investors? And you can measure for that. How many people are actually more residential looking for a home in the next six months? You can measure for that. And Google Analytics can tell you all of that. And it doesn't require a lot, but it does require a commitment to learning the basics. And most well, people- Well, and I'll, I'll ask basics. you on that. Yeah, 
obviously people need to learn the basics. Um, should they get to the point where they're able to build this out and execute or would most agents be better off hiring someone to do that so that they can focus on, you know, sales, recruiting. Yeah. It depends, it depends on the level. Cause I'm, I'm with you. I'm a huge believer in like, do the thing that makes you the money. Right. So spending all day in Google analytics doesn't make most people the money. So typically they might hire a vendor to do something like that. Uh, you can find people on Upwork to set up Google Analytics. Right? It won't necessarily be the measurement marketing stuff, but at least the basics of Google Analytics. And that's where I would start is just learning the basics. Don't worry about the super advanced stuff. Know that stuff might be possible. And if your model is a lot of digital interaction, then you will need to get better at measurement because you have to listen to the conversation. A good salesperson is never going to ignore the customer. A good website should also never ignore the customer, right? So it has to listen for the conversation. But that's only if you're really based on digital. If you have a pretty simple site, where it's like, hey, learn about us. Here's the reasons why you want me to invest. Go to the blog and learn about us and then maybe book a call. And that's and it's pretty contained. You don't need a lot, but you do need something. You need some sort of visibility. And to make sure that you're using that, even if it's not you going into Google Analytics, but you having somebody created a dashboard for you, again, Google, uh, Upwork, you know, any of these other places can, can help you with that sort of stuff. And, and it keeps it very, very inexpensive when you do that. Um, and so you at least have some idea of what's working or what's not. But don't, don't just sit back and say, well, I'm just a hustler and I'm just going to make a million calls. Like, that's great. But what if you realize like of the calls you made, a certain zip code was the best one to dial into? Well, if you knew that, you would spend more time finding leads in that zip code, right? right. It's the same thing when it comes to digital marketing. Well, and I would, I would also tell, tell those agents out there that while, while trading your time for money can be very effective when you're starting out, I think eventually everyone's goal should be to learn the stuff we're talking about today where, you know, if you put a dollar in, you're going to get $3 out and you can really scale it and, and avoid this, uh, this trap of just doing these prospecting techniques, which still work and work very well. Yeah. But I don't think that's, you know, something you want to do for 20, 30 years. Like I, I, I think, I think it's you, you want to have, yeah. yeah. It's exhausting. You're exactly right. And you're right. Cause the efficiencies is what's important. You know, and, and I agree with you in the beginning, like that's what it is. You, you hustle, but very quickly, you want to try to build an organization. And as you go up in the organization, you replace resources that of stuff you used to do. And that, that's a really great example. So, you know, at the, at the end of the day, if people implement what you're saying, you, you truly can build a machine where, you know, if you put this many dollars in, you're going to get this many leads, this many appointments and, and if you know you, what your average commission yeah. is per appointment, exactly. Now you know your yeah. revenues. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. And it can be automated. That's the kind of the beauty of it. And because you're you're measuring for this and you're constantly monitoring it. Because remember, markets change, right? Things change. Obviously, we're in a bull market in a lot of areas in the in the U.S. right now with what happened with COVID. And that's not going to last forever. The market's going to change and, and cycles will adjust. But when you're measuring all the time, you can almost see that coming. And so now, not only do you know if things are working or not working when they stop to not work, you're going to be one of the first people. And the reason you're going to be one of the first people that knows that is because nobody else is looking at it. So right. you just saw it. You just saw the obvious thing because you knew to look. Nobody else does. So meanwhile, you can start to pivot a little bit, start to adjust your messaging a little bit, you know, to prepare for the oncoming thing because you, you see the market very clearly taking different actions, whereas competitors don't because they're too busy hustling. Well, uh, before we wrap up, I always do a hyper fast round. If you're ready for some rapid fire questions and answers. All right. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? The biggest piece of advice I would say 
to a to somebody who's really new to the industry is get through your first 100. I used to do a lot of sales training, a lot of sales training as a sales manager. And that was the first advice I give to everybody is get through the first 100. If you accidentally sell something, who cares? It's get through the first 100. <laughs> get, get, get your pitch down, you know, because the idea was, especially if you're like setting up, trying to get appointments on the phone or something, it was like, get used to the script. Worry about that stuff, get it down. And if somebody accidentally gets the appointment, then great. And what would happen mm. is the salesperson would relax. They would relax, be like, hey, this is just practice. And it really is. By the time you do 100 of them, you're really good at it. You've heard a lot of things. You got muscle. Then you can start judging yourself against results. But what normally happens is chances are within those 100, you do end up getting a result. You know, that's And you go, oh, okay, I start to see how this works. But you haven't given, put yourself under pressure because a lot of people put themselves under too much pressure. So get through the first 100. What's the biggest mistake you see successful, established real estate agents make? Complacency. Assuming that things are going to continue as they are because that's what they were, 100%. And they take their eye off the ball. What brought them to success, they just assumed is what it will always be. And they don't look out for that black swan. And in the trading world, the World of Stock Trading is a really great book called The Black Swan, um, which is about like, you know, occasionally in nature, there's a mutant swan that is a black swan, right? And it's not that it's, it's incredibly rare, but it's absolutely certain that it will happen. And so you want to build your company to be aware of the black swan. So that just means being on the lookout for the thing that's not obvious and preparing for that. So have reserves in the bank, right? So you can go look at what happened with COVID. Holy cow, how many people were taken a complete shock by that? But if you had reserves to be able to help support your team and yourself, your company made it through, okay. A lot of them didn't and got maybe bought out or, or had to work for someplace else, which I, you know is understandable, but those are lessons learned. But that's because you, want to, you always wanna to try to prepare for what's ahead and not get complacent just because it worked yesterday doesn't mean it's going to work tomorrow. What do you think is something that, you know, maybe some people are doing now, but not a lot, but in a year or two years from now, like everyone will be doing it. Something that a lot of people are starting to do now. I, you know, this is going to or be no, no, not simple. that, not that, not a lot of people are doing, not a lot yet, of people are doing but, now. but within a year or two, you know, more, a lot of people will be doing it you'll definitely see more people measuring. It's a little self-serving for sure for me to say that, sure. reason, but I'm very much in that market. Um, and so I see that a lot where this measurement is starting to come. It used to be that measurement was an afterthought where it, where it was literally like, hey, we just spent you know $1,000 on Facebook. What happened to that? And everyone's like, well, I don't know, because they weren't <laughs> measuring for it, right? It's like whatever Facebook ads manager, how many times have you done this? You look at Facebook ads manager and it says, oh, you got a thousand leads. And you're like, no, I didn't. The phone rang twice. Like, come on, Facebook, what's up? And, it's, and there's always this mismatch, but you have no idea. So you stop trusting it, right? because you're not, you're not really measuring it. But if you bring measurement more of a priority in the organization, that becomes kind of like this oracle that tells you how things are working or how they're supposed to work. And then you, to your point, you have a better understanding of the machinery. And that is definitely a trend we are seeing with very large organizations down to individual uh, people with individual you know, freelance style one-off offices. They are all starting to become aware that measurement is something they have to understand because of that conversation focus, understanding what what's, the user's saying. What's been the biggest business challenge you've had and how did you overcome it? So biggest business challenge for us has been, um, that's an interesting question. So the biggest challenge for us, we run multiple brands. This is for me as an entrepreneur, right? Just kind of entrepreneur, entrepreneur. So I, I have a company, so MeasureMarketing.io is, is one of our brands. We've got Measure Summit as a brand. We have other brands as well uh, that we manage because I like diversification, right? I, as an entrepreneur, I don't want to rely. Well, what if Google Analytics comes out and says, hey, great, we used AI now and it's all automated. Nobody has to do anything. We'll just tell you the answer when you call us. 
Like that'd be awesome, but that would put me out of business, right? So I prepare for that. I'm like, well, I want to make sure my organization is is diversified enough to to handle something like that. So the challenge is figuring out what like what next steps to take that are big enough to give me that diversification, not too big where they crush crush me. So as an example, when my early 20s, I had, and this is where it went wrong, uh, where I had a uh, entertainment guide I was doing on a weekly basis, had this built up this company with this team, with this entertainment guy I was doing weekly, it was amazing. Had an opportunity to buy a nightclub. I was young, I was all about the hustle. I was like, yeah, let's do a nightclub. Are you kidding? That'd be great. So I'll, do, I'll do both. Well, then I jump in. Now I'm like Superman because I'm doing both companies. I'm working way too hard. I didn't grow the first company strong enough. It didn't have strong enough systems in place where I could leave it and the systems could take over, right? So when I left it to go to the nightclub, the other one started falling down a little bit. Well, now the nightclub is really new. There are no systems. I'm it. I'm trying to put systems in place, but I'm it. So now if I go back to the other job, the other uh, job at that point, but the other company, right, that I was running, now the nightclub started to fall. So I'm like, now I'm bouncing back and forth. And what happens is I lost both, right? And it, don't regret it. Learned a very valuable lesson early in my life. And that's a lesson I've never forgotten is because is it was too much of a diversification, completely different business model. One's like print media marketing. I get that. Like, I know that world. I know sales. I know advertising. I've done that for a long time. But this nightclub thing was like a whole other learning curve, right? It was too radically different. So that was the biggest lesson that I learned back then is making sure you've got solid systems in place. And then as you grow those systems, when you step back, those systems have to take over and cause the result. Never make it people dependent, make it systems dependent for the results that you're getting. All right, last one. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Uh, that's a really good question because I set yeah. goals for 10 years from now. <laughs> um, so, and, and I do, I set goals a year out, five years out, 10 years out, I'm always doing that. So 10 years out for me, I am, I am mostly on a board of advisors style role for my own organization, maybe a few others uh, that are out there. And my main organization, I've got investor income coming in. I'm primarily investor income for sure, as opposed to salary income. Um, and I've got the, my main company is just almost like an incubator status where it's, it's got teams that know how to do exactly what I've done three times now. And I've perfected that system to the point that it now is being run through teams. So it's that perfected, it's that structured and anybody can sort of rinse and repeat. And I've hired people in the organization that now do that for me. So I can step back and be the, the advisor role that, I, that I, I love. I love the strategy aspect of it. So I can come in, play around, help them with the strategy, tweak the system a little bit because I'm gonna see some things differently than they will. And, and mostly at that point, investor income and probably a little bit of travel. Awesome. Well, it's exciting to, to, you know, hear, sit here and, and, and hear that type of vision. And uh, I certainly wish you the best in getting there. So, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be a fun journey along the way. Thank you so much for being on the show today and, and all the value you delivered. And this is a highly important topic. If people want to learn more about it, connect with you or, or, or get help from you on this, how should they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So measurementmarketing.io is our company. So you can feel free to go to the, the website itself. There, we have a free toolbox membership, which I would encourage everybody to do. I don't know, honestly, that if, if somebody's ready for the Academy, by for sure, go to the Academy. But the toolbox being that free membership is kind of a way in. It shows you a bunch. It gives you a bunch of the tools. Actually, we give our, away our, our tools back there. Uh, for measurement stuff. And it also has weekly training, which is the, the big reason. So uh, measurementmarketing.io forward slash hyperfast will take you to a page, what we call our toolbox membership, just name and email, 
and it'll create a login for you. Then you can get back there. And, and when I, when it does that, it'll send you an email from me and you can reply back if you have any questions for sure. So measuremarketing.io forward slash hyperfast. Awesome. And we'll be, we'll make sure to put that in the notes and that, that weekly training I'm sure is, is super critical because the, the strategies are probably fairly consistent, but the techniques and, exactly right. and you know, what the algorithm's doing and all that's, that's always changing. So hundred percent correct. Um, yep. It's, it's good to, to get that continual feedback and learning and training from someone who's, you know, this is what they do. Like they're <laughs> in it every day. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I had a blast. I know our listeners got a ton of value out of it. If you are listening or watching this and got some value and you should have, uh, please share this with someone that you think could benefit and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Alrighty. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.